Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to this Monday, March 27th edition of the Old Dominion Libertarian. I'm here tonight with Jeff Klebb, Jeffrey Sanford, and Andy Craig is going to join us in just a few moments. How are you guys tonight? I'm fine. How are you guys? Doing great, Joe. Good to hear you. Well, you know, we haven't even brought our guest on tonight, who is going to be Joe Little, who is running for state treasurer of Louisiana as a libertarian, and we already have a question. Somebody just 
messaged me on Facebook and said, your opening music tonight, was that the hustle? And my answer is, yes, it was, uh, but not the way you've heard it in the past. So Not Van McCoy. People... <laughs> no, it was not Van McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it was Virginia. No, it wasn't, but um it might be in the future. <laughs> <laughs> um but it it is interesting because one of my former musicians in my band is actually one of the musicians on Van McCoy's recording of The Hustle. So there's a little bit of history for you. Um anyway, we have a great show lined up tonight. Um now that we've gotten past all the music, as I said, Joe Little's going to be with us in just a moment. We do have a lot going on uh, here in the United States as a result of a certain election that took place back in November and has now um, culminated in uh, the election of Donald Trump. One of the things I found interesting today, I was reading an article from, uh, I believe it's Reason Magazine, but it may... Uh, I read so many things today, they're all running together, is that um, Trump's appointee for the Supreme Court, Neil Gorsuch, um, is pretty moderate on immigration, which is um, kind of odd considering Trump is not. Uh, but it, uh, they were saying that obviously Trump didn't um, pay attention to the record of his judge when he when when he nominated him so that's that's interesting um what do you guys uh think about what's going on lately jeffrey i mean i like gorsuch uh i think i think that trump has for all of you know his weaknesses i think he's given us a good uh, Supreme Court Justice, and that, that's a gift that keeps on giving. So I'm, I'm impressed with Gorsuch. I like him. How about you, Jeff? I think he answered the questions very well, and he was. They were trying to bait him into giving opinions about issues. And Charles Schumer, uh, otherwise known as the Sewer Rat from New York, and no offense to subterranean ro- uh, rodents is intended, but the Sewer Rat Chuck Schumer. Um, doesn't like him, so that means that he's probably a good candidate to be a nominee to be a Supreme Court justice. Because if if people like Chuck Schumer and Maxine Waters don't like somebody, um, you know maybe they're worth a second look. So, but I did like the way he did ans- handle himself during the hearings. I think they tried to throw him uh, a couple curveballs, and he he basically wouldn't go for it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really know. Honestly, know that much about him. But I like the way he answered the questions. And he said that it's the law that has to be debated, not the issue. The law behind it and the constitution. Yeah, and the Democrats don't like that. Oh, of course not. No. But you know, the the thing is, and somebody brought this up on Facebook today, and I think it was Adam Bates that said this, that um, the Democrats should really settle down, because number one. Um, Gorsuch is not as bad as we thought we were going to get with Trump. Number two, 
Um, he's actually pretty moderate on immigration, so if Democrats are that way, then they should like Gorsuch. And number three, he said it's going to be very interesting and they should like this, but if Trump's um, immigration ban makes it all the way to the Supreme Court, like he's vowing that it's going to do, Gorsuch is probably going to fall on the side of it's unconstitutional and you can't do that. And they said, so you should, you should be happy about that and, and confirm him because he, that's probably what's going to happen. And then you'll score points and you'll get to point at Trump and laugh. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, as it, as it unfolds, I, uh, I'm on the, the side of you guys in that I, I, I think he's not really that bad of a pick. Um, there are people I would have chosen over him, certainly, but, um, you know, like it was said, uh, what we thought we were going to get from Trump in a Supreme Court justice. I mean, imagine him um, nominating um, Jeff Sessions to the Supreme Court, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean wow. it's bad enough that he's attorney general, but we could have gotten somebody equally that bad in the, in the Supreme Court slot. And what we got is Neil Gorsuch. So, um, you know, I'll, uh, you know, and I, I, Jeff and I talked about this the other night and we did this with Obama. When, when a president does something that he's supposed to do or that's good, we will, um, we will um, praise him for it. And so even though I don't think that this was intentional, I don't think Trump had any intentions of nominating a guy with Gorsuch's views. He did. So go Trump. <laughs> and then well, we have so, the you know, but, CA repeal, which is, I, I really can't wait to get that. What you got? You got some else? I'm sorry. I just, I'm talking at the bit on this other thing. Well, look at, look at the uh, past nominees that have been put up starting as far back as Bork. Um, there was Bork uh, that the Democrats, they coined the phrase Bork as a verb, and then there was that woman with three <laughs> names. I can't think of her name. And then there was the Hispanic guy. And, I mean, they tried to give him the big runaround and try to derail him and everything else. So their treatment of uh, Gorsuch is, um, you know, it's to be expected. I mean, it's Chuck Schumer said that he – he wants to fight against him because he's talking about uh, if you're a worker, if you're a woman, if you're this and that. But nowhere at all did Chuck Schumer, affectionately known as Up Chuck Schumer, say anything about, you know, I stand for the Constitution. He never said that. You know, and, and the Supreme Chuck Court Schumer is not about. Chuck Schumer doesn't stand for anything except the television camera. Well, I know. Don't get between him and a TV camera because you'll get hurt. But. But, I mean, the judge is supposed to – the Supreme Court is a separate but co-equal branch of the legislature and the executive branch, and they're supposed to be the backstop of liberty. They're supposed to protect their people from the, um, from the ravages of the executive and legislative branch. And the, people say the Supreme Court is supposed to represent the people, but it doesn't. The Supreme Court is supposed to represent the law and the Constitution, and a lot of people don't understand that the same people who think we live in a democracy instead of a republic. Yeah. Well, you know, Go ahead, Jeffrey, Mr. Stanford, um, I know you had something to say. He was going to talk about uh, the, um, the health care. 
Well, I just, you know, I just think it's hilarious that the, the House of Representatives passes, re- repeals Obamacare uh, 56 times while Obama is president and runs, and they really don't say anything else for two election cycles other than that they're going to repeal Obamacare. And then, when they have control of the House and the Senate and the presidency, they can't pass it. They just need that piece of Let me tell you what somebody told me yesterday. I was on, I was on Facebook talking about the health care bill, Ryan Care, Trump Care, whatever you want to call it. Um, Ryan Trump Care, it doesn't matter. And you know, and somebody responded and said, Rand Paul has a great plan. They should have used Rand Paul's plan. And I said, no, they shouldn't have used anyone's plan. Repeal Obamacare and replace it with nothing. I said, that is what people want. That is what a majority of she said. And the woman said, well, the healthcare industry has been involved. I mean, the insurance companies have been involved in healthcare for so long now that we can't. We just can't let them run free, you know, with nothing. She said, "I want to see something," and I said, "Well, tell me." And this is a woman whose Facebook profile photo is a picture of her standing there with Ron Paul's arm around her. And I said, "If Rand Paul, who is Ron Paul's son," had not introduced this bill, but someone else, like, say, Paul Ryan, had introduced the same exact bill, would you be supporting it? And she was quite frank with me, no, I'm supporting it because it's Rand Paul. Hmm. And, you know, you can argue whether you support Rand Paul or you don't or whatever. Uh, that I'm not here to make that debate tonight, but... Um, I just think that this blind allegiance that people have to politicians, and a lot of them have it to Ron Paul, and I like Ron Paul. I mean, I would be happy if Ron Paul was president right now. But, you know, I I didn't have a blind allegiance to him, and I didn't have one to Gary Johnson, and, you know, so it it does bother me. But, you know, Jeffrey, you're absolutely right. Paul Ryan had one job to do. And look what he did. He didn't do it. So we're still waiting for Andy to come on board, and he will be here shortly. Um, I have faith in him. But well, you know, I honestly think a lot, a lot, a lot of these Republicans, really, in the establishment, they're fighting against Donald Trump harder than they were fighting against Hillary and other Democrats. But I think a lot of these Republicans honestly wanted Hillary to be president because they still feel like they'd have a seat at the table. See, the problem with Paul Ryan is they call him a rhino, Republican in name only or whatever, but the problem with people like Paul Ryan, he still wants the government to be in control of this. He doesn't believe in free well, markets. So and people make – well, I know. They do, but, they're, but they still want government to be in charge of it. They just think that the Republicans – especially the establishment people, they just think they can run it better than the Democrats. It's a bad idea, but, well, we can run it better. We can make it work better than the Democrats. They're not admitting that it's a flawed premise, and it's totally unconstitutional from the get-go, you know? And why don't, if, for the people on the left, I would say, you want single-payer? Let's have it uh, where you lower the federal taxes, you raise the state taxes, and each state 
can try and run their own health care system. Let the, let the liberals in California run their system from a top-down authoritarian standpoint, and then maybe somebody in Texas or Oklahoma might come up with something that's a little more free market, and you'll see which one works better. But the leftists will never take you up on that bet. See, they want everything so there's no escape. They don't want people to be able to leave California and go to Nevada for a better plan. They're statists from top to bottom. And a lot of the Republicans well, apparently, are still Apparently Trump is the same way. Apparently Trump is the same way because he was – remember, he threatened the people about the, the, the Trump care and said if you, if you don't vote for it, there will be hell to pay. You know, mm-hmm. and and I don't and don't think for one minute that he won't go out and personally campaign against him, if you know if they didn't vote for it, he'll 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 sink so much money in the into their primary opponents' campaigns that it, it won't even be funny. Um, it wouldn't but surprise me, gonna, but but go ahead. I was just gonna say we're gonna we're gonna get to our guest tonight. Um, Joe Little is running for um, state treasurer of the state of Louisiana as a libertarian. And thanks to Jeffrey Sanford, uh, we have him on the program tonight. And we're going to talk with him and see why he's running um, for that particular office and what he'd like to see happen after he wins. So, uh, good evening, Joe. How are you? Doing fine. How are y'all? Good evening, sir. Well, my my first question to you, Joe, is uh, tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners can get to know a little more about you, and tell us why you chose to run for treasurer. Well, I've lived in Louisiana for most of my life. Lived along the Gulf Coast my entire life, except for a few years I spent in the Navy. I've got my degree in economics from LSU. I used the GI Bill to pay for that. And the main reason I'm running for treasurer is to keep this position from being used by politicians who want to be in the spotlight and springboard themselves to another elected position like our previous treasurer did. Okay. Well, that sounds That's like a, a good point. reason. Um, so, um, what, what is what is the treasurer of Louisiana exactly responsible for? Well, he's responsible for the state's investments. Also responsible for naturally paying for things that the legislature orders. I suppose would be the proper term. It's also in charge of unclaimed property in the state. One area in which I would like to focus on, because I believe that a lot of this can become claimed through the proper means. Sure. Sure. Um, Jeffrey, you're on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Joe, what, what there, is, have, you been, have you been keeping up with the uh, – with the attempted repeal of Obamacare? Not as much as y'all have, based on I've heard from the past few minutes. Yeah, I uh, I think it's fascinating the way the Republicans fall utterly fall to pieces 
they are given unfettered control of an issue. They can't pass it, and they have total control. And, um, you know, our, our former treasurer is now a senator in D.C., and um, and he's doing a lot of more pontificating up there while he's senator, like, just like he did as treasurer. Um, can you give us any any um, any uh, comments on our former treasurer's um, performance in the job? Well, as a congressman, I think he's doing exactly what we expected him to do, which is go up and run his mouth. One thing he did do as treasurer that I liked was that he would call out the legislature for their overspending. I'd like to continue that. But now he's more or less become part of the problem in Washington. He's, I think he's, he's, he's pretty strong in Trump's camp. Right? Remember, it seems like uh, Trump came down strong for him. Uh, so what, what, can, you, can you give us any particular libertarian angle to the treasurer's position that you want to bring to the treasurer's position, something uniquely libertarian that you would do as a treasurer? Well, I'm not sure if it qualifies as uniquely libertarian, but I would like to audit some, if not all, of the departments of the state so that everybody can see exactly where their tax money is going audit it down to the penny, and see if we can get rid of some of these inefficiencies. Hey, that's a good theme. We love that as libertarians. You know, we talk about audit the Fed all the time. It'd be great to be able to just audit the uh, audit the state, all the agencies. Well, naturally, I would start with my own department, because I believe in washing your finger before you point at somebody's spot. Uh-huh. <laughs> Have you got any ex- expectations where you might find some um, some uh, particular waste or corruption? Well, I'm not certain about anything regarding that, but I do imagine that there's going to be waste in the biggest departments, such as education and health care. So I'd like to start with those if I could. You know, after I take care of my own. And what about <laughs> well, that's prisons? a good idea? Prisons, you know, prisons are a big one too. Uh, there's a little. That seems like that. I think they found six million dollars hidden in an Angola rodeo account the other day. Probably it's a nice little bonus for the Department of Prisons. <laughs> six million, guys. Yeah, I have two for you. I have, I have two questions. Number one, as a treasurer, how much actual discretion and, and power do you have? And the second question I'd like to ask, which I should have asked first, is how long have you been a libertarian and what what was your progress on becoming one? Well, for the first question, it's more a position of influence than one of power. Granted, there is some power in it, otherwise... We may as well just have it appointed. You know, I will be handling the state's investments. I will be working with more local governments on various projects. But I'm sorry, can you repeat that second question for me? Um, your journey to libertarian. How long have you been a libertarian, and when did you, you know, what caused you to open your eyes to become one? Well, I've been a libertarian for 
pretty much since my eyes were open, if you will. Yeah. You know, I, uh, when I first registered to vote, I mostly because I wasn't sure how to spell libertarian. But after after spending four years in the Navy, I came home, and one thing that I eventually did, I think I officially did this in 2014, was register as a libertarian because I had to update my address. I figured I may as well just kill two birds with one stone. (laughs) (laughs) I vote libertarian, that didn't mean I was registered as one. Well, that's good. Uh, do you have um, is like in Virginia? We don't have we don't have party registration, um, but down in Louisiana, obviously, you do. Um, is there any is there any benefit to being a registered libertarian down there? It reflects more on our recruitment numbers. It it reflects so in the registrar's numbers. That's about it because we have a jungle primary system in which you can vote for anybody in the primary, anybody who's running, and the top two, if nobody gets a majority of the vote, goes off. Okay, to a runoff, yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, hey, Joe, um, what do you feel about that? I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. I was just gonna ask I was just gonna ask him who who his opponents are that he's running against, if you have any yet. Oh I, I have a few. There's Neil Riser. He is a legislator in the northern part of the state. There's also uh, Julie Stokes and John Schroeder. They're both in the southern part of the state. The Schroeder's district as a representative is not too far from where I live. Oh, okay. Neil Reiser might ring a bell. He he was backed by – he was the hand-picked candidate of uh, of Bobby Jindal to replace the kissing congressman that went up there and got sent home in two years, a couple of years back. What was do y'all remember his name from uh, North Louisiana? They called him kissing his uh, his his help campaign system or something like that on, on a video. Put it out in the video. Everyone, everyone, y'all saw it. It's just been a while. But anyway, Riser was expected to win that congressional race and did not. And so it's interesting to see him jump back in here. His, his career is probably over if he can't if he doesn't win this, and it's not going to be an easy race. Well, they they have term limits for the legislature in this state. We do not have that for the treasurer, which is why the previous one held the title for I believe he was a treasurer for seventeen or eighteen years. It was more than sixteen. He ran for he ran for senate three times, so that was at least yes, fourteen, I think. Yes, sir. Yeah, well, no wonder he stayed in there so long. He he couldn't get elected to Senate. <laughs> <laughs> so what what was your good question going to be, Jeffrey? Oh, and I interrupted I'm, I'm you. Already. I don't know. I don't know. I'm <laughs> thinking of my next one already. I, I was actually thinking about the uh, about any thoughts he may have on libertarian investments, on public investments. As a libertarian, you know, how would you regard? 
your 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 duty to invest the state's funds. Is there any libertarian angle to that you can share with us? Well, I can't think of any specifically libertarian angle to that, but the way I see it, we could need to try to take that one conservatively. Try to make a return, focus more on getting a return than a big return. You know, worry more about the return of the investment than the return on the investment. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Because yeah. Um, I, I imagine. As, go ahead. If you Jeff. look at Louisiana as a state, what part? I mean, it looks like a giant L. But what geographically, for those of us who don't regularly visit the Bayou State, um, what what part geographically do you hail from? What well, county? To, I mean, I know you said your parish, but. Uh, to compare it to a boot, I guess I'd be around the toes. Uh, in fact, I'm about a stone's throw away from Southeastern Louisiana University, so I'm currently in the Southeast. However, I was born in the southwestern part of the state, around the heel of the boot. Okay. are you? Where are you in relation to Alexandria? Because my aunt used to live there years ago. About... Let's see, I believe it took me about three, three and a half hours to get to Alexandria when I went to Shreveport last week. Oh, okay, okay. So you're far. Okay, I, I, I got gotcha. you. Okay. I think it's about 145 miles, actually, by by the highway. You can count the miles on the highway, but that sounds um, about right. Yes. Well, uh, Joe, um, why don't you tell our listeners out there um, how they can get in touch with you if um, they are interested and I know that um, you're a treasurer but you need donations um, so um, to make your campaign run so um, why don't you tell everybody how they can get in touch with you if they want to help your campaign Um, I know some people are already doing it because I I see Hat Werther posting stuff on Facebook all the time, and and she mentioned you the other night about coming to meet you, and and she wanted everybody to come. So tell us how we can keep up with you. Well, I do regularly post on Facebook. The uh, Joseph D. Little, the campaign page on Facebook, and for donations, the best way to do that is my website, littlevote.com. That's com, and the that's also the best way to get in touch with me. All right. Yeah, I, I like on your website you had um, a little vote for a big result. Um, that was <laughs> that was pretty good. That is good. Well, one of my older brothers actually came up with that. <laughs> well, it's good. But tell him that we that we think it's great. Um, hopefully, that will catch on and um, you know get people talking because that's you know it's not. I know everybody says, well, the libertarians don't have any money and they can't get anywhere without money. Yes, money helps, but it's stuff like that. A little vote for a big result. That's um, stuff like that's gonna gonna help you out also. So. Um, 
Well, we, we really enjoyed having you on tonight. I wish Andy could have been here. He'll be here shortly, I assume, because um, I know he had some questions for you. But um, I, I tell everybody this, and I'm going to tell you, we want you to come back on after you've been elected um, so you can tell us what it's like in the new job. Oh, I do have a question that I that I wanted to ask you. Somebody had written in to, to me. Um, the 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 job of treasurer is that a full time job, or is it like part of the year? Or how long how long would you have to be involved with it? Well, this is a full time job. The there are various parts of this that will go year round, and I'm pretty much heading the administration of the department. Okay. Joe, so how many employees are, are, are there in the department? Sorry, can you repeat that for me? How many people do you supervise as treasurer? I do not know off the top of my head. I do know that one of the first things I'm going to do is since we've had the same treasurer for the past 16 years, the same person heading this department, I want to take a good look at who's there and make sure we've got the right people in the right spots. Fresh set of eyes might do with the world of good. What about the budget? Do you know anything about the budget? Talking about the budget, you say? Yeah, so do you know anything about the budget of the Treasury Department? How big is the budget that you oversee? And the total is about twelve million. It's about twelve and a half million, just a little bit under that, in fiscal year twenty fifteen. Uh-huh. Wow. All right, Joe. Good luck with it, and let us know if we can help. Yes, sir. Well, right. thank yes. you for having me on. Remember that website is littlevote.com. A little vote for treasurer is a big vote for transparency. That's All right. right. Hey, good job. All right. Good luck to you, sir. Okay, thank you. Nice, thank nice you, sir. Good luck. Show. You have a good You're night. Welcome. Y'all have a good night as well. Bye-bye. All right. Well, um, I think, um, you know, I mentioned Hat Werther a moment ago when she was on the show and she ran for sheriff um, down there. That was um, that was um, a really good thing. And now we've got Joe Little running down there. And um, you never know. Um, like I said, that um, a little a little vote for Joe is a big vote for transparency. I got it wrong, but he he was able to say it right. And, I mean, that's. That that's just a great line. I'm glad um I'm I'm glad somebody came up with that because I think that's gonna gonna help his his campaign. Right, it's a good um, it's a good theme, you know, it'll 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 uh it'll generate you know, people will remember it. You know, and I, I think that he's onto something because he's bringing that, that issue of auditing to the forefront. I mean, I think that, that he's got a legitimately great issue to campaign on. I mean just it's sort of a simple uh, campaign. It seems like he's sticking to that one main issue. But, mm-hmm. hey, if it's, as a treasurer, what else should you be doing with your $12 million, you know? <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I don't know that I don't know that I'd want to be in charge of $12 million. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. That's, that, that's You're right. what I, I would do. Like, I know what I would do. Yeah. yeah. $12 million, I could buy a lot of whiskey, wine, and women 
with that, and I'd probably squander the rest of it. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that. That's pretty funny. That that that's. I've heard that before, but it's it's just great. I mean, and, and just think how many state treasurers have actually done that. <laughs> yeah, really. Hey, Joe. Well, I mean, well, before we, uh, well, I don't want to transition too soon here, but I'm thinking about that bomb we dropped. What, what are we doing in the Middle East now? What's our military doing? I mean, I think that's a legitimate uh, libertarian issue right now. Is apparently we we killed about 200 civilians, these women and children, the other day. You keeping up with that? Yeah. Well, Trump's getting us involved in another war. Um, you know. I tell you, I just um, anybody who thought this guy was going to be anything other than an orange version of Barack Obama, but he's not a socialist. Well, I mean, he's advocating for <laughs> an orange version. <laughs> I mean, you know, people say, "Well, he's the, but he's not a socialist." Well, I'd like for you to tell me what the hell he is. I mean, mm-hmm. um, health care for everyone. He said that. Now, th- this is what kills me about his supporters. They will say, well, you shouldn't pay attention to what he says. You should pay attention to what he does. And I said, okay, well, he hadn't done a damn thing. I mean, and what little he actually has done is it's so – it's it, I mean, this guy's a child. He He made up a bill, a fake bill, and gave it to Angela Merkel, Angela Merkel, excuse me. I got corrected by that earlier today. Angela Merkel and you know, and said, Do you owe us this because of NATO? And a lot of libertarians are saying billion great dollar because, bill. He just he just printed yeah. himself up a three hundred dollar bill on his computer and handed it to the uh strongest superpower yeah. in the EU. <laughs> yeah, and I and, and the th- and a lot of libertarians are saying, Well that's great because those countries should be paying their own way but the problem is um, and I don't have the article in front of me, but he calculated the amount wrong. And I mean, it's just so childish to print up a fake bill and hand it to Angela Merkel and say, you owe us this. You know, it's like, I mean, you know, he said he wasn't going to take crap from anybody. Well, then mm-hmm. it's the same thing about being wiretapped. If if you're gonna if you're gonna make the claim that Barack Obama wiretapped you, then you better damn well have the proof right there, without any question, so that the press isn't going around in circles saying, "Well, he has no proof. He has no proof." And then somebody else saying, "Well, he wiretapped Angela Merkel. He wiretapped so and so. So it's highly conceivable that he wiretapped Trump." It is. I wouldn't put it past the Obama administration to have wiretapped Trump. Not at all. I wouldn't have put Trump, when he made those statements, even if they could prove it later, when he made those statements, he should have said, here's the proof that he wiretapped me, and it's airtight. You know, I mean, basically it's a tape of him saying, I wiretapped Trump Tower. But this guy, he just gets on... I think it's really funny. Since um, Romney was defeated unanimously in um, 2012, 
Trump's been on Twitter. It was, the president's playing golf again. We had a big meeting in Washington with all these world leaders, and where was the president? On the golf course. And now um, it's been, what, two and a half months since um, maybe three months now. I don't know. But two and a half months yeah, since twenty second, um, since he, yeah, since he got a since he got elected, and um, you know he's he's been playing golf a lot, and his supporters are saying yeah, but he's paying for all those trips himself. Obama didn't pay for his golfing trips. It doesn't. Uh, yes, the, the the money for those golfing trips is an issue, but the other issue. The only issue that Trump never said anything about the money. Trump said it was always talking about it's important for the president to be at these meetings. It's important for the president to be paying attention to what's going on. And and Mm -hmm. so what is Trump doing? He's off golfing. And the funniest thing is that Sunday night, Fox News had this big story about the president spent the entire weekend at the White House working. And then somebody leaked photos of him at his golf course in Virginia. Um, <laughs> That's good. You know, and you, Fox you know, has yet to retract the story. You know, interesting thing about Fox now, too, and, and the whole thing about Trump's, um, Trump's allegation of wiretapping, he ended up blaming a really pretty awesome libertarian, you know, on Fox and getting him fired. Uh, his name, uh, the judge. They're looking at Judge Napolitano, like some of us thought he'd be a great uh, Supreme Court justice, you know. <clears throat> um, he always had good libertarian, fiery little pieces in his show on Fox. And uh, uh-huh. and he got, he got fired the other day. <clears throat> I'm not sure this is why, but the fact that Trump quotes Napolitano as being his source for uh, being tapped, I think is uh, interesting. Well, he got fired. He got he got let go from Fox because he said that uh, Obama had British intelligence officials wiretap Trump Tower so that it wouldn't look like it came from the White House, and there was absolutely no proof of that. And he said it, then Obama repeated it, then Trump repeated it, and several other people repeated it. And he's done that before, uh, Napolitano. I like the guy. I like the show. But he has done that before where he's been overzealous and he and he says, well, sure, this happened, or, or I'm pretty sure that's the way it happened. And I think if, if – Number one, if Trump hadn't jumped all over it, it wouldn't have been as bad. Um, and it wasn't so much that Trump said, Judge Napolitano said this. What he said was, Fox News even agrees with me. Oh, yeah, he blamed Fox. <laughs> I remember. You know, and what it, what it really was was it was <coughs> Judge Napolitano. Now, like I said, I like the guy. Um I met him um, when I was in uh, Washington, D.C., um, way back when in 2013. I met the guy. He's a nice guy. I shook his hand. I talked to him. Um, you know, um, and now, according to what I've read elsewhere in the last couple of days, uh, Judge Napolitano was going around 
telling people that he was on Trump's short list for the Supreme for Supreme Court picks. And and according to what everybody knows, because I think they've seen the short list now, that wasn't the case. And I told Andy when he forwarded the article to me, I said, you know, I think what he meant was he was on Trump's list of short judges. Um, there was and, a lot of – he wasn't the only person. I mean, I, I read that somewhere else. And someone, some other people were saying it, not just him, but in his defense. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I know. Exactly. I, I Well – and I don't know, and and I don't, as I recall, the article that I read didn't say um, why he thought he was on Trump's shortlist, or you know, it didn't say that. It just said that he was telling people that he was. So I don't know. Maybe he read about it um, on Fox. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he heard it on Fox. <laughs> so it's it's highly possible, um, but. I just think it's funny that, you know, all these liberals are screaming bloody murder about Fox News lying about Donald Trump working at the White House when he was really playing golf. And yet when MSNBC does something like that, it's all in the name of of, of protecting the president, you know, when it was Obama. Um You know, I mean, I, Rachel Maddow is going to have a field day with, with that, if she already has them, um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see um, about that. But yeah, Trump Trump is certainly making it making for interesting politics these days. It's almost hard to concentrate on anything else because every day is a new adventure with Donald Trump. And see, a lot of people are saying that's what he wants. He wants to be so controversial. And he wants to be the center of attention, not just because he has to be the center of attention, but it's sort of like, um, watch what my um, left hand is doing, but don't look at my right or whatever the expression is. Um, you know, don't look at the hand behind my back because if, if everybody's concentrating on Donald Trump and his little antics, they're not paying attention to what else is going on. Um, mm-hmm. So it's... Um, um, I don't want to say for sure that Donald Trump's going to be impeached, but I have a feeling that the, the talks of it are going to grow um, louder and louder as time goes on. And somebody said, oh, so you want Pence? And I said, well, we'll take care of him too. And I was more, kind of joking when I said that. And they said, oh, so, and, and, and they said, oh, so I guess then you want Paul Ryan. And I'm like, you know, I oppose Trump, and you're supposed to be anti-Trump, but yet when I say Trump should be impeached, you go, oh, well, then you want Pence. I said it's like you're trying to do everything you can to keep Trump from being impeached. Well, if you dislike him, why would you do that? Well, because he's better than the other two, you know, and then the the true colors start coming out at that point. But, um, hey, Jeffrey... Um, yes, sir. Have, have you have you looked at all at Rand Paul's replacement bill? I did. I went. I, there was a, there was a, like a skinny that uh, was going around. I think it, it like the synopsis, and I did. And uh, you know, I, it was you know like any of that federal legislation is very complicated. But I generally had a good idea. I mean, a, a good feeling about the way that that 
it would allow groups to form their own insurance pools. So we could have the Old Dominion Libertarian Radio Network insurance pool here, and it would be, act like our own uh, policy, so to speak. You know, and we could we could share the risks with each other, and it would allow nonprofits, other groups to, to just do this. So it seemed like they would increase competition among the insurance industry, which I think is, you know, I guess it's getting taken off the hook here a lot by Obamacare, but I think that, that was, that's some of the big problem is the insurance industry itself and the way that they have handled the, the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, so it allows for competition in, in interstate, you know, people, you know, you can buy policies across state lines. Uh, that's the big one. Um what else did I did I like about that bill? I can find it in here somewhere. We we did we had a little discussion about it the other day. I can't remember too much more about it, but generally it's an improvement, I'd have to say. But primary for the reason that it allows these these other insurance companies to become uh, become, I think, competitive with the big insurance companies. Now I can say all that I want, but I like what you said earlier, and that is why replace it with anything? Just get them out of it all together. Uh, well, might part be of the problem, part of the problem is that people, um, and I see this on Facebook, they'll they're going to say that you just can't let people die in the streets, like um, jet. Jeff Clev and I have a mutual acquaintance who <laughs> always says, "Well, if you don't want the government involved, then that just, that means you want everybody to just die. You're cruel and heartless." Right. And it's like, no, we don't. Your way is the way that everybody's going to die, or right. Um, well, it's it's the false dichotomy of central planning versus nihilism. You either have top-down Soviet-style authoritarian, totalitarian government, or everybody's going to run around naked in the streets with an assault rifle. Hey, I like that. You know? Mm. Yeah, really, huh? Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I, this Rand Paul thing, I, like I said, I had, and some of the other people said some nice things about it. Um, that, we, that, we, that I talked to. Um, and I think he's probably... I, I think he's probably much more qualified to write a health care bill, honestly, than uh, I hope so. Well, he's a doctor. Other people. I know. So he's going to have some interesting, and he does have some interesting ideas in here. You know, you really got to get into it a little deeper than I, than I have, though. Um, but, yeah, I think this is maybe something that Rand Paul could, could do. I, I, I listened to the radio this morning. They were talking to some – their position is, I know some Rand Paul supporter. It wasn't him, but was saying, hey, we're just going to sit back and let Obamacare crash, and then when it does, we'll have we'll be ready to step in with this. And um, it does appear to be the only option on the table right now. Um, they're not talking about any other bills. <clears throat> No, well, yeah. you know, it it all goes back to what I said. They shouldn't be talking about other bills. Get get rid of it, you know. I mean, and and for people who thought we had free market health care before Obamacare came along, I got news for you, we didn't. I wish we did. If we truly had well, free it. market health care before Obamacare, then there would have been no need for Obamacare and it, 
and it never would have gotten passed. Well, that's the thing. When you just when you just repeal Obamacare, you haven't done what you need to do. Honestly, I mean, I think that that's the, that's the counter to what you had said earlier. I mean, we need to get rid of it, but then we still need to come back with something. And uh, yeah, I mean, we you just to, can't you know, twenty. Yeah, you can't take twenty-four million people and say screw you. You're on your own. You yeah, know? I mean, we've destroyed we destroyed the healthcare uh, insurance industry as far as you know being able to handle this independent of federal funds. So now we'll just uh, cut it all off, and you know, no, you can't buy health insurance because the insurers aren't set up to really sell insurance anymore. They're just waiting on a government check like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, you also have so to realize is. the insurance companies wrote a lot of Obamacare because it was anti-competitive, and why are they exempt from antitrust regulations? You know, that's a big uh, that's one of those things part. that. It's cronyism. That's where I think. That's where I think maybe we're going to have some of Rand Paul's. Might be it might be good to increase the the uh, competition. Uh, I don't think he said anything <clears throat> specifically about uh, antitrust laws, but maybe he did. Hold on, so let me see if I find something here. Antitrust, because that that's a big issue right there. I mean, they they have mm-hmm. a lot of tax benefits. Well, it's like a cartel. Uh, he he expands the uh, the use of health savings accounts, allows you to put more money in there, and allows the use of health savings accounts to be used for other things, you know. Um, but I'm looking for something about antitrust. That, that well, anytime anytime some form of legislation puts more um, more decisions in the hands of the people. Democrats are not going to like it because people make stupid decisions, and a lot of people don't don't know what's best. You know what's for their own good, and so government has to be there to make sure they're doing it right. <laughs> like like we're a herd of cows, you know what I'm saying? And if we were a herd of cows, it would be nice if they would do a little better job of herding us, because you know you don't keep a bunch of. <clears throat> You know, unprofitable <laughs> cows in the herd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, it's 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 a debacle right now, and it would have been great if um, if if the Republicans had come through, but they're not there to come through. I mean. When you when you have a whole section of people cheerleading, I had for, for you to to just do exactly what you're doing. Why change? You know, and I had one Trump supporter tell me I posted an article the other day about one of the GOP representatives. I think it's Nunes, N U N E S. I think Nunes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the one that came out and said that there was proof of uh, of wiretapping Nunes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he also said there wasn't really. He said, you know, there's really not going to be any oversight of Donald Trump. We have no interest in that. And one of Trump's supporters commented under the article and said, "Great. That way, Trump can continue emptying the swamp." And you know, you basically, what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. But basically, what he was saying is, I'm very happy that Trump isn't 
um, there's not going to be any oversight on Trump because then he can't do what he wants. If there's oversight, he can't do what he wants. And see, these Trump people are just so delusional. They're absolutely it's, – it's to the point where you, you, they need a rubber room. Um, you know, I mean, they <laughs> – you know they are. I'm getting what I want, so I don't give a damn about the Constitution. You know that's mm-hmm. essentially what one Trump supporter told me. I said, "What he's doing is violating the Constitution," and he said, "Well, I like it, so I'm not going to worry about that." And you know, and I reminded the guy. I said, "But what about what if Obama was doing that?" Well, Obama was a Muslim socialist, so that that's not even a fair a. a, a a fair comparison, you know. I mean, <laughs> when they when they start with the, with the minute they say anything about Barack Obama being a Muslim, or he wasn't born in the United States, it's at that point that I, you know, I tune them out. It's identity politics. Whether it, it's identity politics. It's just such. It's so. It's like talking about you know. We get something we all know. Anyone with any education knows that that's not the issue. The issue is much deeper than that. So when you start talking about Democrats, Republicans, Obama this, and you know Obamacare that, you know, unless you're able to get to a deeper level, you're just not adding anything to the conversation. Yeah, I, you know, and and so when I hear that, I I just tune them out um, because you know. Even if you could prove right now that Barack Obama wasn't born in the United States and that, you know, he was a Muslim, what are you going to do about it? It doesn't you know, matter if he um, wasn't born in the United States. His mom was a citizen, so he's a citizen. You know, but it's like my dad said one night. If, if I'm going to get in the time machine, I'd be damned if I'm going backwards. Now, personally, I would... <laughs> I, I like history, so maybe I would go backwards. But you know, the the, the point the point is, um, if if people are going to get in the time machine, they're not going to go back. They're going to go forward. And so, you know, this idea that well, you know, if if we could just find out that Obama wasn't born in the United States, if we could just find out he was a Muslim, then um, you know, then everything he did as president. Would be erased, and we could and, and we could start over as if it never happened. Wouldn't work. The reality, that way. the reality of it is, is that, and and as you said, Jeff, you know his his mother was an American citizen, but but let's say that he wasn't born in the United States, and that that actually meant something. You know, do you really think? that those losers in Washington, D.C., on either side of the aisle are going to go after the the so-called first black president of the United States and bring him tumbling down? You would have Ferguson happening everywhere across the country, and the L.A. riots would look like a Girl Scout cookout. Yeah. That's a, you yeah. Know. But, so, you know, I was thinking well, about something today. I, I before we go, I had something I was thinking about. You know the thing about yeah. sanctuary cities and the cities are uh-huh. doing this for illegals. Well, what if you had a governor or a mayor of somewhere in Oklahoma and said, 
well, we got these other places with sanctuary cities and nothing gets done about it, so I'm going to have a sanctuary city for the Second Amendment. We're going to give everybody amnesty to own fully automatic M16s and uh, carry multiple rounds of ammunition and own silencers within our city, and we don't want the federal government interfering with us. How long do you think it would be before that guy would be perp walked out by the U.S. Marshals? Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, a huge I, amount of inconsistency know, there. And <laughs> there is. There is. And, 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 Jeff, you already know my thoughts on that. I say, well, let him have a sanctuary city, you know, that, that, um, with where, where you can have whatever guns you want. If you want an Uzi, you can have one. Um you know, I say fine with that. Let it, let that let that Oklahoma mayor have a or governor or whatever have his sanctuary city. You know, um, but it probably wouldn't work out that way. They'd probably right. You know, I'm like just saying said, there's a huge amount of difference, and then they're talking about denying federal funds to these cities. Well, this is part of the problem. These cities shouldn't be getting. This has nothing to do with the immigration issue, but there shouldn't be federal money going to cities to fund their police department. That's why we need to have jurisdictional taxation. The city of San Francisco should fund its own police department and its own schools. There should not be that money should never be sent you, to the federal government in the first you, place to be sent back to them. And 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 you realize that when when people post these things on Facebook and I'm sure you and Jeffrey have seen it where they say things like, Look what my police department just got. And it looks like something that should be patrolling the streets of Baghdad, and right. and they're going. I can't believe that my police department got this. Well, they were able to get it because they were getting um, federal funding, and and that's how they got it. And if you if you caused every police department, if you cut the apron strings right now, and and they were on their own. Number one, you'd see these police departments focusing on the things that matter because of their budget, you know, focusing on the things that matter and less on the things that don't. And you'd have a you'd have a a, a lot um, better result. And it's like, you know, Jeff, you and I were talking the other night about this when you're riding down the road and all of a sudden you see a police officer make a U-turn and in 1960 people would have seen that in their rear view mirror and said, I feel safe. There's a police car following me. Now they see that and they go, Oh crap. What did I do? Did I run a red light? Did I not? Uh, I was going to say, did I not use my turn signal, but they wouldn't stop you for that. Um, you know, <laughs> so, but, um, you know, but um, it's true. I mean, people, you know, every time I go out now and I see a police officer, I don't think what I used to think when I was a kid. I feel safe. I'm worried about if I do even the slightest thing wrong or even if I do nothing wrong, that guy could pull me over. Just mm-hmm. because one night they did that at, at the 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 VCU police did that to me, just pulled me mm-hmm. over and said something about they were checking random cars. They they're not supposed to be doing that. Mhm. 
They were having no, a lot we're, of problems we're, we're, in the area. Go, go ahead, Jeffrey. In Louisiana, we are, you know, the legislature is about back in session, and they're focusing on, they're supposed to be focusing on criminal justice reform this year. And um, it should be an interesting debate here coming up as to what we can actually do to sort mm-hmm. of reduce some of these expenditures on, on criminal justice prisons and so forth. And if they do it, one of my friends is talking today. If you do, if you go let people out of prison without changing the marijuana laws, you've done nothing. I mean, it's totally uh, just a. It's just a. You just, I would ask. I would ask where in the Constitution does the federal government have the enumerated power to pass laws regarding marijuana? Shouldn't that be a Tenth Amendment thing reserved to the states? If the people in Utah want to make marijuana illegal, shouldn't it be? Um, totally up to that state, kind of like prohibition after the 21st Amendment, it was repealed and set back to the states. Under the Constitution, a state could make alcohol illegal if they wanted to, but the federal government no longer has that power because of the 21st Amendment. So wouldn't that still apply to the states for marijuana? I mean, how can there be a federal law against marijuana? The 10th Amendment would deny them that power, or am I just being a, a nut job here? Well, no, you're, you're not you're saying you, it right. What did Jeff Sessions say? Um, if you don't like how aggressive my office is going to be concerning marijuana, then then change the laws. And and I said right then and there, there shouldn't be any laws against marijuana, not on a federal level. Mm-mm. I mean, All there right, shouldn't be any laws, for- period, against marijuana. But if you're going to have them. They, they, they darn sure shouldn't be on a federal level. Well, the only thing I could see to that would be a restriction on interstate commerce. Um, the federal government would have jurisdiction if something were being made in grown in Colorado and sent to Virginia. I could understand there might be – it would be a stretch, but there might be an argument under the interstate commerce clause – but if people are growing marijuana in Colorado to be smoked in Colorado, just like if somebody was making a firearm in Montana that was only being used in Montana, the federal government should not have anything to do with it if you follow the Constitution. Yes, that's the, um, the, the, the word we should be paying special attention to, if. Because <laughs> and it's a they, big word. <laughs> It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those people in Washington, D.C. probably can't even spell it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we, we've but, got a new bill to uh, to repeal um, federal marijuana law, the federal marijuana prohibition. And I, it's a lady. I, I think Amash is on it, but it's a, there's a lady. Isn't it uh, um, Tulsi Gabbard? Yeah, Tulsi Gabbard. Now, She's a sponsor, and uh, but is she in the House or the Senate? She's in the House. Yeah, she's a Democrat, but she's pretty good on a lot of issues. She's from yeah. Hawaii, isn't she? Yeah, she's from Hawaii. That's right. And uh, I'm just trying to trying to to see it. For some reason, I thought she might be in the Senate as opposed to the House. Did they send? Did they start that bill in the Senate this year? Tulsi Gabbard. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Well, while you're looking that up, did you see that that woman from Hawaii that was a, a longtime GOPer and 
she's so fed up with Trump, she left, and she's going to become a Democrat. And I was saying, mm-hmm. well, why not become a libertarian? Maybe she doesn't identify with libertarian, um, you know, the philosophy, but I don't know why I mean, she I don't know go why to the not. Democrat. I, mean, I think it's- I think that both the Democrats and the Republicans, I mean, identify they, they certainly claim to be libertarians every chance they can get to, to claim it. I mean, yeah, when they're uh, not in mm-hmm. power. Yeah. Every time, uh, every time one of those two parties is not in power, they're always talking um, in libertarian terms on a lot of issues, and it's all hot air. <laughs> I mean, look at how fair... look at how the Democrats are all of a sudden. The Huffington Post is is publishing piece after piece about Trump's getting us into a new war. Trump sending troops over to the Middle East, and I applaud them for it because we need that right now. But where were they for eight mm. years? You know, actually, the freshman, uh, the freshman Republican representative from Virginia introduced this bill. Garrett, he introduced the bill to get the feds out of, uh, to actually remove marijuana from the Federal Controlled Substances Act, is the way it reads. But um, Thomas Garrett, y'all know anything about him? He's Republican. Never heard of him. He's from Virginia. Yeah, I've heard of him. Uh huh. Tom Garrett. Yep. What's, he endorsed he have, Corey he, Falconier for delegate. Really? Mm-hmm. Awesome. So y'all got a good, decent congressman up there at least. I mean, if you just get the mm-hmm. R out from behind his name, it'd be all right. Hmm. So did you um, did you look up Tulsi Gabbard? Yeah, she's Hawaii. She's a House of Representative. She actually signed on to his bill. She signed on to... Uh, the Virginia congressman's bill to repeal, I mean, to remove marijuana from the Federal Controlled Substances Act. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So they've got, got a little bit of, they got a cross, she's, uh, you know, they've got a cross-section of um, support there. She's a Democrat, like you say. He's Republican. Uh, we have mm-hmm. Republican uh, Scott Taylor from Virginia also signed on to it. And uh Democrat from Colorado, Jared Polis, signed on to it. So they've got a it's not it's a bipartisan effort there. It's good to see. Yep, I, I good to see. You know, um I will like I told Jeff the other night, I will applaud people when they do the right thing. We may not we may not agree with them on everything, but you know so <laughs> Well, gentlemen, um, it has been a great show. I wish Andy could have been here to enjoy it with us. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll have to rib him the next time. um, Give him a hard time. So that, that, um, tell him you weren't here and it was the best show ever. You know, we'll tell him that. (laughs) Hey, I wanted to ask you something, Joe. Uh, yes. Jeffrey Sanford, you're welcome to chime in on this if you want, but you may not be aware of it because of your geographic location. But Governor McAuliffe, Democrat, left-wing Democrat governor of Virginia, was on the news tonight, and they were talking about Medicare expansion. Now, I've got to plead some kind of ignorance on this. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but it made it sound like he was trying to imply that there was free federal money available 
if we expand our Medicaid, and then he said it would be fiscally responsible. Well, how is it fiscally responsible to borrow more and more federal money? Or just because it's already been borrowed, is it just fiscally responsible because we're going to get – because he said Maryland and North Carolina have expanded their Medicare or Medicaid, and we're not. So wouldn't that make them bad and us good because we're being fiscally responsible? What do you think, Joe? It would. It would. It would make us good, but you know, using the excuse, well, they they did it. Well, you know, if 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 Maryland and North Carolina gassed all their people, would Terry McAuliffe be saying, well, we need to do the same thing because they did it? You know. Um, <laughs> I well, just, we dealt with this issue in, in Louisiana. I mean, when, when Obama came Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 um, from what I understood, the feds were going to pay all 100% of the Medicaid costs of the newly eligible Medicaid people, the expansion, 2014 to 2016. And then it was the federal share was going to go down over time to 2020 when it becomes something like uh, maybe 90% they'll pay. And, you know, and Jindal's. Uh, response was that well, even the ten percent is going to be enough to bankrupt the state, so we don't want. It. So the first thing that John Bell Edwards did when he won the governor's race was back Medicaid expansion. And I mean, in a, in a reality where the, the you know, for how many years has the feds been paying all this all this healthcare money? I mean, it's, it's been a lot, it's a long time, and uh, and to just cut it cut off the Medicaid expansion money deprived a lot of people here of health care and that were expecting it, you know, and it cost us a lot of money. So uh Jindal was roundly criticized. I mean, that's one of the, the things that we have to deal with, you know, and we do ultimately reform. Although I guess you have to say it's been reformed. Obamacare is the law of the land and it's not going to change. So I guess that's, that's what we got. But I, if that's what we had, uh, that's the only option. I, I just don't see how you could not expand Medicaid, really. I mean, that's the system. You're not going to take all that money to, to, to take care of your state. If you're the governor, now, if you're the congressman, maybe you can go back up there and scream about changing Obamacare some more. <laughs> Unless but you're if you're $22 trillion dollars in debt, you know, where do you think that federal money comes from? I mean, I remember a story in Richmond. Joe is familiar with this. They did some ra- traffic roundabouts in uh, Virginia and they put, um, they or in Richmond and they had a, one of the news reporters on TV saying that it didn't cost taxpayers any money because it was covered by a federal grant. And I just kind of looked at the TV like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of mentality that we have, you know, in this country well, right now. It, and it, it didn't just, cost the state taxpayers anything. And that, that's what you got to realize is like, if, if I'm governor of, of Louisiana and everybody else is going to take this federal money, we're going to pay it. We're going to pay the same amount of the federal money that we have to pay to the feds. But we're not going to take it because we're, we're, we, Louisiana, and this is a criticism I had for General when he was doing it, we're going to solve all the federal budget problems by letting you know our people not have the health care they need while everyone else takes it. I mean, you see what I'm saying? That, that doesn't make sense if you're the governor, I'm saying. If you're the governor, you have to take it. Now, if you're the congressman, you might, like I said, go up there and scream about changing, you know, the health care law some more. <laughs> if you're a Republican, in which case you've already proven you can't get it done. So, 
Uh, I just mm. don't see any other option for y'all. I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? You can't balance the budget on the back of Virginians. The whole federal budget on the back of your your state? I mean, that don't make sense. Um, everyone had that austerity in mind. We could balance the budget. Mm. But, you know, I mean, when it comes to being governor, you got to take the money. I think, this is my opinion. I mean, your job is to get the money that you need from the sources you have available to take care of the needs of your citizens and if you, to, to disregard it and refuse mm. it. That's, that's bad governing, if you ask me. I mean, that's just my opinion. But, I mean, there were some people who, who, who praised Jindal for it, but I, I just couldn't help get the feeling those people that are praising Jindal for not taking Medicaid expansion are too ignorant to know that we can't balance the whole federal budget on the backs of Louisiana's, you know, sick people. You know, it's not our job to balance the federal budget on the back of Louisiana sick people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, gentlemen, it's been a fun show, and um, we'll do it again um, sure. next time. And uh, I'm uh, looking here, and that will be the 3rd of April. So, um, looking forward to that. Next Monday? Next Monday we got yes. a show? Uh-huh. That's pretty good. All right. Do we have a guest? Oh, I, I have, I'm in talks with two of them right now. So, we'll see if do. either one of them can make it. All right, Joe. Great show. It's been a pleasure. All right. Jeff. All right, you, guys, guys. you have a good night. I'll take care. All right. You do the same. Take care. Uh, Take care. Bye-bye. All right.